Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. This morning we vary from our traditional uh, program in which we have been looking at the weekly Torah portion, Parashat HaShavuah, and look at something that perhaps not as many members of the audience or listeners are comfortable with or knowledgeable about. On uh, March 27th, 2021, Erev Passover, Erev Pesach, the evening of Passover, and on the evening of May 16th, the Jewish community throughout the world will observe and celebrate Shavuot. In between those two festivals is 50 days. Shavuot, which comes from the Hebrew meaning weeks, celebrates the early barley harvest and the giving of Torah on Mount Sinai. Other Jewish names for Shavuot include the Feast of the Harvest and Atzeret. Pentecost, which comes from the Greek meaning 50, commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit on the apostles and the birth of the early church and are sometimes confused. Both Shavuot and Pentecost are celebrated after a count of seven weeks, which is why one means weeks and the other means 50. But in Jewish tradition, there is a special designation for the time between Passover, Pesach, and Shavuot. That is known as the Omer. And with me this morning to discuss the Omer is Rachel, Rabbi Rachel Bovitz, the executive director of the Melton Program for Jewish Adult Learning, and Rabbi Maury Schwartz, who finds himself in Israel this morning, the international director of Melton. So I want to invite the two of you uh, and say welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you uh, covering three different countries this morning, Canada, the United States, and Israel. And I believe we're going to start with Rabbi Schwartz, who's going to introduce us to the biblical uh, notion of the Omer and explain its origins and uh, its intentionality in the Torah. That's, uh, that's right. Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to have this opportunity to clarify kind of a subject that, like you said at the beginning, Steve, a lot of people don't know much about. Um, we find ourselves in a period that uh, we refer to in the Jewish world as the counting of the Omer. And that's because the biblical injunction says very clearly that our responsibility is not only to kind of observe this period, but to count the days, every single one of the days for 49 straight days. And so that is our tradition every evening to count the new day as it comes up from one from day one, which was the first uh, night after the beginning of Passover, the second night of Passover, all the way to um, 49 days later. Um, and uh, just uh, uh, let me just shed a little bit of light on this idea. What would be the purpose 
of counting days from the Passover holiday to the holiday of Shavuot, or the festival of weeks. Um, so the, the Bible talks about the idea that there was an omer. The omer actually refers to an offering. It's a measure, a certain measure of barley that was uh, brought forward um, on that second night of Passover, uh, together with some other offerings in the time of the temple. Um, that's called the omer offering. And then we, ca- then we say we count the omer, which is essentially we're counting from the time we brought the omer offering until the time that we'll celebrate that holiday of the festival of weeks, at which time we will bring a different offering. Um, we will bring the offering of the, uh, of the wheat, the wheat offering. And again, we're talking about in the agricultural uh, times of, um, of life in the land of Israel. This is not practiced today, mainly because there is no uh, standing temple. But the counting is still practiced, even though the, the offerings are not. So we have different uh, commentaries that try to guide us through this, uh, this idea of what's the significance of this counting? Why do we need to count? And I'm going to share with you two of them. Um, one is a commentary by Rabbi Ovadia Seforno, who was an Italian biblical commentator and physician who lived in the end of the 15th and into the middle of the 16th century. Um, what he said is that, you know, there's a tension in the context of these celebrations. On the one hand, we brought the barley. We're very happy about that. But, you know, barley is kind of a non-significant type of, uh, of pro- product. It's not that great. And the wheat offering, the wheat that we're waiting for, that will come only seven weeks later, that's really what everyone is looking for. That's, that's going to fill their bellies and help them make their really high-quality bread and everything else. So he says, um, you know, in the midst of this tension, we might be, um, we might be thinking, you know, this isn't so great. I just have the barley now and, uh, I can't wait till the wheat. I just can't wait till the time of the wheat. And what he says is no, 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 no. What you need to do in this context is on the one hand, you have to be thankful for what you have while at the same time, you're looking forward to something even greater. And I think that's a timeless message. It's not just the message tied to the barley harvest and the wheat harvest, but, but it's, time to, it's tied to so many things in life. You know, we have something, but we want something more. And we don't take the time to really celebrate and appreciate what we have while we're thinking about what it is we want more. You know, let's say your dream was to have two cars. So you get your first car. And you don't spend that much time celebrating it because you're waiting for the second car because your dream has been to have two cars. So I think the message here is, you know what? You got to be thankful for what you have, even while you're looking forward to, to uh, what, you're still, what you're still waiting for. And that's kind of what this is about. Be thankful for the barley, celebrate it. And every day that you're counting, be, cele- be, be thankful for what you have as you're making your way up to the thing that uh, is still yet to come, the, um, the, the wheat. Many of our listeners could probably resonate with that during this pandemic time, that we're all waiting for the pandemic to recede, to allow us to return to whatever our uh, normative life was. But for many of us, there are blessings even during these difficult times. And so the biblical... uh, intentionality and the words of the commentator uh, should resonate for many of our listeners. 
Uh, Maury, I want to ask you if you could just take one moment to remind our listeners about how this counting begins. When does the counting start in Jewish tradition? Is it from the um, first day of Passover, or that first evening, uh, March this year on the 27th? Or how do we understand uh, this counting? Right. So on the this has actually been, um, this was traditionally a source of great uh, dispute uh, between the Pharisees and the Karaites going way back. And this, uh, this is because in the biblical, um, in biblical, um, teaching, it tells us to begin the count the day after the Sabbath. And, uh, what the, the Karaites, those who kind of only embraced written tradition and rejected the oral tradition, they said it says literally, Mimacharat HaShabbat, the day after the Sabbath. And so therefore every year, they would begin the counting on a Sunday and count um, forward in that manner. However, rabbinic tradition said, no, in this case, the word Sabbath is not to be interpreted as the actual seventh day of the week, Shabbat, the seventh, the, the weekly observance of the Sabbath, but rather it's the Sabbath of the holiday of Passover, which falls on the 15th of the month of, um, of Nisan. And so, it, when do we begin? We begin the night after the first day of the holiday of Passover. So that means to say, our tradition is we begin that count on the, the, the second night of Passover, or what's for us on our Hebrew calendar, the 16th day of the month of Nisan, and count forward in that manner. Great. Thank you. And many of our listeners know that Jewish holidays begin in the evening, so again, this year, it would have been the evening of March 27th that Passover began. So the Omer would begin on March 28th. The night of March 28th, correct. That's correct. Right. And um, so we count the Omer. And I know there must be a tradition about the counting before we continue with our interpretation of it. So what's the tradition of the counting? When do you count one day? And how do you count it? Yes. So the the tradition is that we consider this entire count to be a fulfillment of a biblical commandment. So as it's, as it's commanded to us, and therefore, um, the rabbis associated the fulfillment of most positive commandments with the recitation of a blessing. And so therefore, on the night, as when the night falls, and you know, officially, what we call the the the, um, uh, the coming out of stars, Seita Kochavim, when it's nighttime for us, any time at night, one can count. So we say this rabbinic blessing, um, great blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctified us in his commandments and commanded us regarding the counting of the Omer. We say that blessing, and then we follow that directly with the count. The way we count is uh, we count the days, and then we count the weeks and the days. So, for instance, on the day that we're uh, currently on, we are on the 32nd day um, of the Omer. And so, therefore, we counted last night. Today is 2 and 30 days, which is the equivalent of seven weeks and four days 
in the Omer. So we count both the days and the weeks as we make our way up to the it's the completion of 49 days and seven weeks. Perfect. Thank you. I'm sure for some of our listeners, that's new information and helps them place the wonderful commentary that you offered within a framework for them. And did you have another commentary to share with our listeners? Yes, I had a second commentary I'd like to share, which also is um, an effort to, you know, an effort to interpret the biblical text and an effort to give it uh, give it significance and meaning. Um, and uh, this is from Rabbi Moshe Alshech, um, who was a uh, again a rabbinic. Uh, teacher, a biblical commentator, and a Kabbalist, a mystic, born in Turkey and who ultimately made his home in uh, Safat, um, in the city in northern Israel. He was a student of the uh, well-known rabbinic figure Rabbi Joseph Caro, who was himself a mystic, a Kabbalist, and also the author of The Code of Jewish Law. So when uh, what he said about this was something a little different. Um, he said that when it's almost the opposite story, he said, you know, when you have blessing in your life, sometimes that blessing, when you have so much of it, you forget to be thankful for it. You take for granted uh, the blessing that you have. And so what he says is that you need to spend these seven weeks on our way to the harvest of the wheat, preparing yourself to be appreciative. In other words, you can't just wake up with that great blessing when they harvest the wheat at the holiday of Shavuot and the the festival of weeks, and and then just celebrate it and be all joyous and 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 you know a celebrative. No, you need to prepare yourself to be appreciative. I guess there's this difference between appreciation and celebration. Sometimes you can celebrate things, but not take a moment to be appreciative. What he says is you need 49 days, seven weeks to prepare yourself to not only be celebrative when you see that wonderful wheat harvest and all that it presents to you in terms of its potential, but you need to practice the character trait of appreciation, being appreciative. And that takes time. I wonder, you know, this is the season of, you know, people celebrating their graduations from high school and college. It's also... uh I guess in much of the Western world, it becomes a, a time of uh, celebrating weddings and all, all kinds of celebrations as the weather becomes better in the Northern Hemisphere. And I think that a lot of times we prepare for the celebration and all that it encompasses, but we don't always uh, prepare ourselves for the appreciation that should go along with the celebration. And so what uh, Moshe Alshech, the Rabbi Moshe Alshech teaches us is that we have 49 days to get ourselves in line so that when the time comes for that celebration of the wheat harvest, we'll be prepared to also feel that strong sense of appreciation. So do you think that appreciation, as it's expressed in the commentary, is similar to what we speak of when we speak of gratitude? And the development of a sense of gratitude, um, such as in the Hoda'ah, the, the prayer of thanksgiving that occurs in the weekly service and on Shabbat. Is it the same thing? I, I think so, yeah. In my, from the way I see it, I think gratitude, and I meant that, you know, gratitude, appreciation. I think it's the same. And, and I think uh, 
what uh, this commentator is emphasizing is you can't just take it for granted that people are going to feel that feeling of gratitude. Um, you need to you need to kind of you know mentally prepare yourself. It's like prayer in general. Even when you stand before God in prayer, um, th- there's a whole kind of like lead up to the point where you're ready to actually express your gratitude. Um, I think it's dangerous to express gratitude without preparing for it. The dangerous, what I mean is that it can become lip service. You know, you just say the words of, I really, you know, you can say it every day and just express um, gratitude. But uh, it's not necessarily gratitude unless it's, I think, unless it's really heartfelt. Um, and I think maybe that's what he's telling us here is is that uh, that moment of the harvest of the wheat every year was such a big moment for an agricultural society that they needed, you know, that the Torah is giving an opportunity for people to prepare themselves. So when the time comes, they won't, they won't only just dance and sing and rejoice, but they'll also have, they'll be in the proper mindset of really being um, grateful for what it is that they've been blessed with. Thanks. I want to give uh, our other guest, Rabbi Rachel Bovitz, an opportunity to come in now and chat with you, the listeners, about a somewhat different perspective on the counting of the Omer. Rachel? Yes, thank you so much, Rabbi Garden, and it's a pleasure to be on with both of you. Um, I'm going to take this whole notion of counting and this period of time that 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 Rabbi Schwartz really so beautifully illustrated the meaning um, uh, that we gain from the agricultural imagery um, found in the Torah and talk about something a bit different. Um, our Jewish tradition has long associated Shavuot, the holiday uh, that, that you spoke about at the beginning, um, at the end of, of the counting period, um, as the time of the giving of the Torah. Um, and so I'm going to highlight two understandings of of the counting with this focus, this different focus, the focus switching from the agricultural focus to the Torah focus. Um, and the first um, idea I wanted to share with with all of your listeners um, comes from a 13th century Spanish work called Sefer HaChinuch. Um, this book um, is explains all of our 613 commandments and the meaning behind them, where they came from. Um, and so it speaks about the count, as Maurice spoke about, the counting of the Omer every night is a commandment, is a positive commandment, something that we do in our tradition. Um, so it talks about the purpose of it. And here, the switch is to the notion of Torah and says the purpose of this precept is to indicate that the essence of being part of the Jewish people is Torah itself, um, which of course is still incredibly relevant to us today when we're, most of us are not um, living in an agricultural context, uh, or, or at least not working in that context. Um, and so it says that we are commanded to, com- to commence this counting from the day after the first day of Passover, which we was explained, until the day of the giving of the Torah to really show that we have this incredible desire. The count is about desire to reach the day in which uh, we were given the Torah and that we keep this constant count every night. You say the blessing every night, you count the days and the weeks um, to show how much we desire that the, and the, uh, the Sefer HaChinuch talks about, we desire freedom, the freedom that will come. Um, and so the, the counting is a way of indicating how we long and hope for this freedom of receiving the Torah. So it, it's interesting because we usually associate freedom with the holiday of Passover, certainly freedom from 
slavery. Um, but Jewish tradition really indicates that we don't have true freedom or full freedom until we have the Torah. So we have a, a freedom when we gain the gain the Torah to be in relationship with God, to um, to be responsible and in, in partnership with God for goodness in the world. Um, and so really this, um, this teaching talks about this notion of um, counting up to this experience, um, really um, longing for, anticipating this moment of Torah, um, and also really it's also different than how we oftentimes when we when we think about um, waiting for something, counting for something, we usually think about counting down. Um, but here it says, no, it's actually really about counting up. Um, counting down can be more discouraging, but counting up is positive and it kind of takes gives you this emphasis that every day you're sort of one day closer um, to this sacred time in our tradition. And I was thinking about this um, in the context of the pandemic for all of us. And I think one of the things that was so hard a year ago, last Passover or last Omer period um, in 2020 instead of 2021, was that we didn't know when we were, what we were counting up to, right? Or when, when this time period was going to end and when life would resume as we knew it. And, um, and so that was a very hard time to be in that kind of uncertainty. Um, and obviously there's still uncertainty. Um, but I think that there is, I, I, I don't, I'm curious if your listeners would agree, but I feel that there is some relief now that we can find in some of the counting up to days, whether that's counting up till your first vaccination appointment or your second one or two weeks after um, in this way, this counting up. And I think this connects to the to the teachings that Maury was sharing as well, um, is teaching us to appreciate the goodness and blessings in our lives, being able to see, you know, our loved ones and be able to enjoy some of the freedoms that we had um, previously. So um, this teaching seems, that's yeah. That's very nice. And I suppose it allows for the seven days of Passover or eight days if you're not, if you're in, um, outside of the land of Israel, um, to not be anticlimactic. You've had this wonderful seven days of experience of, uh, Yitziat Mitzrayim leaving Egypt. And instead of it simply ending, um, your commentary suggests we now begin uh, a new counting um, from day seven or from day eight upward to a new, more exciting, different experience in the Jewish people's history and in our personal history of what it means to be free. That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, and it sounded like you had another commentary that you wanted to share with us. Yes, one final one, a, a related teaching. It comes uh, from a little bit later in, in our uh, Jewish history. We have a, a rich tradition, as I think you can tell by these, uh, you know, these four examples that you are getting from me and from Maury, of really seeing the Torah from so many different perspectives. We say that Torah has 70 faces. Uh, so you're, today you're getting, I guess, four. Um, the, the other teaching I wanted to share comes from a, a late 16th century, early 17th century rabbi in, from Prague, uh, who we speak about him uh, by the name of his major work, the Kli Yakar. Um, and he addresses the fact, it's an interesting question, that the Torah doesn't specify uh, that the end of this Omer period ends with the giving of the Torah. That's something that comes in rabbinic tradition. Really, if you're reading the Torah uh, without the rabbinic lens, you're really seeing the agricultural 
significance of this Omer period, but not really seeing this um, this notion of the end being the holiday of Shavuot, which is also the holiday of the giving of the Torah. Um, so the Kliakar said something really interesting. He said that actually God did not wish to delineate the day for the revelation of Torah. Um, it's purposeful, he says, that it's not in, in the Torah because he felt, because God feels that it should appear to eat to every person that every day of the year is a day of receiving the Torah from Mount Sinai. Um, and so the and and that he has all kinds of supporting quotes and uh, and ideas, um, but the main idea is really this notion that for us we want the Torah to feel new every day, to feel not antiquated. Um, so here he says that the, the idea I think here is that the results of the counting um, that leads to the celebration of the new grain is a, is this recognition of every day counting, every day feeling the joy of Torah, every day seeing the teachings of our tradition um, as fresh and new and relevant. Um, and so it's not really about counting up to something like the last, uh, like the, the last text was about, but really it's about everyday counting. Um, and I think this, this text, this teaching has deep resonance. Um, we want to dis discover new things. I think it's connected to the gratitude that Maury spoke about. Um, and, um, and that gratitude comes from, in our tradition, learning um, the richness of Torah, new ideas, um, and, and really enjoying each and every day. So there's something very special about this Omer period, not just about where we're getting to, but taking the time each day to really treasure these moments. That's wonderful. I mean, I guess it fits with the fact that in Jewish tradition, we can read the Torah in a yearly cycle and each year find something new in every Torah reading. Um, the Omer has evolved, and either one of you could uh, respond to this. The Omer has evolved in many ways since the biblical commentators, and there are people who use each and every day in uh, a more spiritual way than even your commentators have indicated. Um, do either of you um, count the Omer and then add to it some Kabbalistic or mystical interpretation? I count the Omer, but I do not add to it a mystical interpretation. I hate okay. to disappoint you on that. Uh, that's okay. Uh, and I am a very bad counter. I try, <laughs> but but I do. I but I do really think I actually focus on how. Each of the we we didn't talk about this. You're right, but each of the seven weeks are also linked to uh, Kabbalistic ideas, ideas about um, the attributes of God and the ways in which we can uh, reflect those in our lives. And so um, that I am focused on more than the daily. I'm focused on the weekly. And um, the first week talks about Chesed, about loving kindness, um, and really focusing on um, how I'm developing spiritually during this time period. Great. I, yeah, yeah, please. I'd add, there's a, there's a, I want to add, there's in, in one of the verses, it's like a, it's an, it's really an interesting and not clear why it's like this. But one of the verses, the verse actually in the Bible that tells us directly in that we're going to be, uh, we can find this in, in different places. Um, but the, the verse uh, in two places in the Torah, but the verse reads, you shall, you said it for me. It says, um, you, from the day which you bring the sheaf of, ele of elevation offering, the day after the Sabbath, it says, you shall count off seven weeks, Sheva Shabbatot Timimot, T 
Vienna. Usually count off seven weeks, they must be complete. There's this, there's this notion that it's not just about counting seven weeks. You have to count seven complete weeks. Um, and, and the counting seems to reflect this notion of, of anticipation that we don't only count the days, which could have been the way we do it, but we have to count uh, the weeks as well. And, and the, I wanted to just add that the idea that, um, you know, in the, in the course of, a, of our lives, we, we do mark, a, mark time in a certain way. We mark time by the hour, we certainly by the day. But there is, um, the, you know, the, the notion that the, the, the Bible introduces us to the notion of, like, the world is created in seven days, there's rest on the Sabbath day, um, and that when we count, we should be cognizant of the, the, the completeness of each week as we move our way along this path toward the holiday. And not just of each day, but of what we do with weeks at a time. I, I say that because I, I'm one of these people that sometimes at the end of the day comes and I'm like, oh, there's so many more things on my to-do list. I just didn't get anything done. I didn't, I, I didn't get everything done. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we can't complete the day. Uh, and we can't complete all that Shavuot and the Omer offer us to understanding. Um, I want to thank my guests from Israel, Rabbi Mari Schwartz, and from New York City, Rabbi Rachel Bovitz. For Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. You can find a podcast of this morning's show on iTunes or the chri.ca website. I wish you all shalom and good morning.